0: hi folks i'm diana gomez advocacy director at progress texas and welcome back to this week's progress texas mini-sode which is a shorter but equally as insightful version of our full podcast Uh, Even though this is a mini, we have some mega guests that we will be talking to today. I'm joined by representatives Donna Howard and representative Vicki Goodwin. They are uh, amazing representatives here at the Texas Legislature. A lot has been going on in the news about just about everything, right? Um, but we're also waiting some pretty big Supreme Court rulings, and one of them is an infamous case out of Mississippi that could overturn Roe versus Wade and take away our federal right to an abortion and leave it up to, to states to decide. I wanted to start um, with uh, you, Representative Goodwin. You know, there's been a leaked opinion uh, that that's come out, and folks can see from that leaked opinion that it's it looks as if, you know, Roe, you know, will fall. We also have, like I said earlier, this is going to leave it up to, you know, states to decide. And and here in Texas, we have something called uh, a trigger ban law, Um, which I'll be able to, you know, describe what that law is and what it means for Texans if or when Roe is to fall.
1: Sure. So uh, it's a trigger law that if if Roe does fall, it goes into effect. So we've already passed the law here. But because of Roe v. Wade, it's not currently in effect, but it would criminalize abortions. It would put doctors at risk. It would put women uh, at risk as well, but doctors could be faced with life in prison or a $100,000 penalty if they were to perform an abortion. So it basically would outlaw any and all abortions in the state of Texas.
0: And it, it does seem as though, you know, even though this is something that that will happen, that um, because of Senate Bill 8, this abortion ban here in Texas, it seems as if we've already been living in sort of like a post-Roe state. Can y'all talk a little bit about what that has been like here in Texas? What have Texans faced as a result of SB 8 that has made it so that folks here feel like Roe doesn't really apply here anymore?
2: Yeah, well, to your point, I think it's important to Recognize that abortion is still legal. Uh, There's obviously barriers and constraints that have been placed on access to this health care, but it is still legal. Uh, Unfortunately, because of the nature of how Senate Bill 8 was set up, and because SCOTUS has been unwilling, the Supreme Court has been unwilling to uh, intervene, it was implemented immediately, meaning that it has been basically a de facto ban because so many people do not even know they're pregnant by the time this cutoff occurs that we in texas are not being afforded the same constitutional protections that roe has afforded us that every other american is receiving right now so yes indeed we have been seeing a whole lot about what it's going to be like uh, and going to be even worse post roe because so many other states have copied texas have even gone beyond Texas. And those states that that people were traveling to out of Texas to get an abortion are now having laws implemented there, meaning that even our neighboring states are not going to be, are currently not allowing abortions and will also be having trigger bans in place, forcing uh, Texans to have to travel hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles to be able to access uh, this safe and currently legal health care procedure. So it's going to specifically disproportionately impact those of limited means and resources who are going to be forced to be pregnant against their
0: will. Um, Just to sort of reiterate the importance of this, you know, I I would love to to get y'all's feedback on this too, is that in the news it's also been reported not just the impact of Roe falling, but what it would mean this precedent that would be set for other landmark rulings. Could you all speak to Roe being the first of possibly other things that could be overturned?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely sets a difficult precedent for anything that's not uh, explicitly in the Constitution or, you know, I've heard with regards to some gun legislation or, I don't know, it's, it's a slippery slope for sure and it's very concerning.
2: Yeah, well, certainly uh, before Roe v. Wade was established, we had the same kind of challenges with access to contraceptives. Uh, first, it was made available eventually to those that were married, uh, and then it wasn't until in the 70s that it was made available to those that were not married. And th- those, the, the, the basis upon which those decisions were made are the same privacy basis that was used for Roe v. Wade. Access to contraceptives. Same-sex marriage, relationships between people of the same sex, uh, inter-racial uh, marriages—those uh, things are all at threat of being overturned, but because of the exact same uh, principles that were used for Roe v. Wade. Yes, it is definitely a slippery slope, as, as Representative
0: Goodwin says. You know, Representative Howard, you had already made a reference to you know, sort of what. Uh, life was like a little bit before the Roe case, but there are a lot of folks who are of voting age um, who don't remember or don't know what it was like before uh, Roe was decided in um, you know, the, the early 70s, I believe. Would you mind talking a little bit about what life was like for Texans or for people who needed abortions before that case was even decided?
2: Yes, and I, I was a young person then, so people around me, the people I the, that I grew up with, th- these were the challenges that, that we had uh, with unwanted pregnancies. The options were few. You either had to carry on a pregnancy that you we not planning to have, which oftentimes meant dropping out of school, uh, not having the same educational and employment opportunities that, that you might have had otherwise, uh, certainly living in a, oftentimes a, a cycle of poverty uh, when that happened. Uh, some people gave their babies up for adoption, but that carries its own trauma and stigma to do that. Uh, and then some were able to find a way to get out of state, to go to uh, Uh, hopefully a reputable person to do uh, an abortion. We say back alley. Certainly there were medical professionals who did help if you had the means to get there and knew how to find them. But more often than not, people uh, self-induced or went to someone who did not use sanitary measures. And we had many, many women who died as a result of these unsafe abortions. So I know that that nowadays we have more options available medication abortions which of course is another uh, problem we have here in Texas with lack of access to that but they've become much easier and safer and and there's no reason to have these obstacles put in place the legal impediments the criminalization the threat to providers all of these things on top of everything else it's, it's a hugely problematic arena we're looking at here for post-Roe.
0: Yes, definitely, and I'd love to reiterate something you'd brought up too, is medication abortion. Um, you know, these are pills that have been FDA approved, um, you know, that have been, uh, you know, ruled as like safer than, than Tylenol even, or a bunch of other types of medications and that are, are safe and effective, uh, but like you said, incredibly difficult, um, you know, to access, but is, you know, a form of, of self-managed abortion. Representative Goodwin, I'd love to know if there's any sort of advice uh, that you would give to Texans who are listening, who are trying to figure out ways to, you know, maybe they feel a little helpless right now. What are ways that they could fight back against any anti-abortion extremists that are trying to take away this right to an abortion?
1: Well, I would say the most important thing that people can do is to show up in November and use your vote as your voice, uh, that's extremely important. Our leadership has shown that they are—they uh, don't care about women's rights over their own bodies. And so w- we need to take our, our thoughts on that to the polls. Uh, that's the most important thing. I think supporting organizations like Planned Parenthood, which, you know, they're hurting not because, uh, I mean, they've been chipping away at funding for Planned Parenthood for a long time, and they provide all kinds of health care services. So it's really hurting not just people searching for abortions, but all women that need the health care that Planned Parenthood provides. So I would say supporting organizations like Planned Parenthood, but certainly the most important thing is voting.
2: And I know that uh, everybody that's listening to this and a part of this podcast uh, is already engaged and involved but uh, I can't overemphasize the importance of civic engagement right now in particular. It's always important, but when you look at the fact that uh, the Supreme Court turned its back on us, Congress has not been able to help us. The action is taking place in the state legislatures and with state elected officials. We must become engaged with what's going on politically, uh, not just with the voting, but beyond that, on a continuing basis to ensure that that they are not eroding our rights. We've we've seen it, you know, Rep. Gooden and I, it's just one thing after another we've been dealing with with this past session in particular with voting rights and with rights of, of trans youth uh, and, and of course, obviously, with the rights of autonomy over our own bodies, uh, we're, we're really talking about our, our basic foundational democratic rights and principles. And if you do not have autonomy over your own body, how can you have a democracy? You're, you're saying that there are people in this this country who are lesser than and do not have the full authority over their own destiny. So, you know, we're, we're talking about something that is, requires constant attention right now constant involvement and constant accountability of those that we elect to serve
1: i was just recalling during session when we were working on this bill there's not an exception for rape or incest and so some members asked the governor about that and he said oh i'll we'll get rid of all rapists we'll we'll ensure that there's no more rapists and so i, I just you know The ridiculous nature of that comment, I think, should be, people should be reminded about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like you're saying, that should definitely be a motivating factor going into these elections is turning that anger right over those ridiculous comments into action and into essentially firing him and getting him out of that job. I want to uh, welcome uh, Senator Carol Alvarado, uh, who's a senator in the Texas legislature, who has just joined us. Welcome, Senator Alvarado. How are you doing?
3: I'm great, thank you. Good to be with uh, all of you,
0: especially uh, Donna and Vicky. Yeah, and we were, uh, you know, talking about the topic of of abortion, you know, here in Texas and uh, the fight for abortion and. You know, Representative Goodwin and Representative Howard were talking about the importance of of voting and getting civically engaged uh, when it comes to you know fighting back uh, against anti-abortion extremists. Uh, Do you have any advice for folks, uh, for Texans who are listening and want to figure out what they can do to fight back against um, anti-abortion extremists?
3: Organize, mobilize, register, vote, hit the streets. Uh, We we have to run this like a very grassroots campaign. Donna and I have been side by side on the house floor as long as I can remember since I've been there since, uh, gosh, when I brought out the vaginal probe and took on Sid Miller about the sonogram bill. So every session, we've been used to this. Uh, You know, I've said it kind of jokingly that every session I, I just dust off my, my script and just basically change the bill number because every session we've had to deal with them chipping away at women's reproductive rights. It started shortly after Roe v. Wade was ratified. And then in the 90s and 2000s, you saw from parental notification to um, the the 24-hour waiting period, reading the brochure, the parental consent, the sonogram, the heartbeat. And now here we are with the, the trigger ban bill and some of the most extreme laws in the country. And unfortunately, what happens in Texas isn't staying in Texas. It's spreading like a, a virus all over the country. Uh, but all lies are on Texas, unfortunately, for many reasons. Uh, and they have been in this last week. So we have to talk to women and and tell women too. What I say, is try not to make it about, the, about the abortion because I realize that there are People, particularly in my faith, in the Catholic faith, who um, you know have a very uh, strong position on that. But it's about we women controlling and owning our own bodies. If, if you don't have that, then what do you have? Everybody else uh, has that right, except women. And if Roe v. Wade is overturned, which we expect it will be, and the trigger ban law. Goes into effect in Texas, it is automatically against the law in Texas abortion. So you will have, um, you know, almost fifty percent of a population with less rights than the other half. When have we ever had that? I mean, you'd have to go back, way, way back, to uh, to make that determination. So we are, you know, Texas women are tough. That the ladies in the legislature, Vicky and Donna, we, uh, like I said, unfortunately are used to this. And you know, here's the other thing is that most of the time we're fighting this, it's usually against our male counterparts. Uh, and then every now and then they'll ask a, a woman to carry uh, the bill, but this is, this is definitely uh, a clear divide that, that shouldn't be in Texas. And I'm looking forward to, to t- having this discussion and keeping this issue on the forefront. And uh, trust me, there, there are plenty of other issues that we need to keep on the forefront between now and November.
0: Definitely. Thank you for those words. And um, wanted to uh, end it with talking a little bit about this amazing campaign that Progress Texas is launching called the Revolution, and it is a campaign uh, that is aimed at turning this anger we feel about you know this Roe being overturned and anti-abortion extremists trying to take our right away to an abortion um, into action taking that anger into action by voting for candidates who support abortion access in every election at every level, including these 2022 midterm elections that are going to come up uh, here in November. It's really important to not forget what is happening right now um, and to Uh, like you mentioned, Representative Howard, a lot of our listeners already turn out to vote or are at least cyclically engaged, but um, need to talk to their family, to their friends, to as many people as they can to let them know about what's happening and who maybe haven't voted for before. Bring them along, turn it into a whole community event, a whole family event. And to remind folks that we're the majority and together as a part of this revolution, abortion supporters have the strength to form this massive resistance. And so what we're asking folks to do is to pledge to vote for candidates who are committed to protecting our right to an abortion and fighting for abortion access. And we're also asking candidates and elected officials um, to uh, commit to uh, protect these rights or like y'all to continue protecting these rights because y'all are amazing champions out there. Uh, So I wanted to ask y'all, are y'all down to join the revolution? I'm down. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Awesome. Woo-hoo. <laughs> We're excited to have you all as a part of this revolution that will continue. We're going to continue it throughout this summer, throughout this fall. Um, and it's so important because one, folks are so sick and tired of just hearing, you know, like, Oh, just just turn out and vote they want to know you know what amazing candidates and f- fighters these are people who are fighting for their rights alongside them um to know that abortion access is on the ballot trans rights are on the ballot um the right to even keep voting and to have access to the ballot is on the ballot all of these things and so folks need to be reminded about what they truly are voting or deciding to not vote for. Um, So just wanted to end it with that. We're so excited to have y'all a part of the revolution. Like I said uh, earlier, uh, we actually have some stickers, some merch, so we will be sending that to y'all and we will have some of it in our store for other folks to join the revolution. Uh, To find out more about the revolution, go to revolution.org. Everyone, uh, Senator Alvarado, Representative Howard, Representative Goodwin, thank you so, so much for joining us and for lending your insights uh, to everyone who's listening thank you for joining us as well head over to progresstexas.org to follow us on social or subscribe to our email list if you're listening to us subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review thank you so much